Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met, fellow adventurers. Now it is time to track down that iron skull. I'm in Blade Square, where there is an adventure called The Shattered Skull Part 3, Blade Square. Defiance of Trithic's well-known and much-despised curfew, you'll find yourself lurking beneath the cover of night, the deep gloom of Blade Square. Yeah. The bustle of midday in Blade Square was enough to make your head swim. The dim from the crowded market that dominates the centre of the broad quadrangle is almost unbearable, as merchants and customers transact their business nearly at the exact spot the city's four largest thoroughfares collide. You're making your way steadily through the square towards its western arch when you suddenly spot someone moving up to you on your left. Well, the bearded man who's stealthily approaching could easily be one of the many street thieves that prowl the city, and particularly in places like Blade Square. You turn and acknowledge him with a cruel nod. Curt nod, that is. Much to your surprise, he returns the gesture. Meaning on guard, you stop walking and turn to face the man, whose head bears a feathered cloth cap. He draws up to you, tips his hat and bids you good day. You're about to tell him you've no interest in anything he might attempt to offer you, when he says something that nearly causes your heart to skip a beat. A moment of your time, if I may, he says, looking nervously over both shoulders. I've some news you might find you are liking. If you're interested in the Iron Skull, that is... <gasps> The mention of the Iron Skull by the man you took for a common street feat catches you off guard and leaves you fumbling for a response. Not wishing to sound overly eager on the subject, you ask the man what he knows of the skull. 
Such information doesn't normally come cheap, he says. But you happen to have helped a dear friend of mine out of a tight spot. Consider this a payment for the favour. You aren't certain, you don't ask. But you believe he's referring to the arcane spy, Thinfoot. The man in the leather cap glances around nervously and leans in close. The woman who possesses the skull is seeking to get rid of it, he says, and immediately your thoughts turn to the woman in a tattered cloak, whose spike fist the goblin mentioned, and who Huron believed he knew. She's been trying to fence it here in the city, but isn't anyone willing to take it? There's been an unsavourable lot asking about, about for it, asking questions that get attention in the wrong sort of way, if you follow. He asked the man if he has seized the skull, and if he would concern certain the woman he mentions is still in possession of it. If not seen it, he replies, though I have no reason to doubt her words. Look upon this as an opportunity to solve two problems at once. She wishes to be with the skull, and you wish to obtain it. Quite simple. You ask the man if he knows where you can find the woman who is in possession of the skull. Even though you're already certain he does... He nods and tells you that he is, in fact, approaching on her behalf. She wishes to sell you the artifact. You may meet her tonight. Right in. Right here. In Blade Square, he says, stepping closer to you and lowering his voice. She wants 25,000 gold for it. My stew, my friend, with all due respect, is to bring the gold and attempt no tricks. He asks the man man what the woman's name is, and he shrugs his shoulders in response. There are few names given in this line of work, he says. Those that are tossed about are always false. She's never offered me her name, and I know better than to ask. Midnight, tonight. Before you can ask anything further, particularly about the unsavourly lot he mentioned or asking you to go around for the skull, the man glances around and then darts off into the crowd. You sigh and head off, and head out of Blade Square, deciding it best to try and get some rest before your upcoming Nate Light excursion. The half hour preceding midnight finds you lurking about Blade Square, undertaking a lonely vigil, as you warily await the arrival of a woman who the feather-capped woe said would meet you. All the while, you, you, you suspected the entire arrangement might be nothing more than a devious trap, as a risk you're willing to take. The mere chance of getting your hands on the Iron Skull and surprising Huron with its sudden and unexpected return is an opportunity you're indeed loath to pass up. A deep chill has descended upon Twithick through the setting of the sun, and now, on this frigid evening, the usually frequent guard patrols been few and far between. Despite the favourable turn of events, you remain alert and cautious, not eager to be found in violation of the city's curfew. You begin to think perhaps the Wendeville is not the Wendeville is not going to take place. When you catch sight of a thin, dark figure moving quick furtively along the edge of the buildings that flank the opposite side of the square. The figure pauses at the mouth of a narrow alley and suddenly turns and starts across the quadrangle towards you. As the person draws closer, you observe that it is a woman, garbed in a tattered brown cloak, 
sight woman draws up to you and nods, casting more than one glance back over her shoulder, as if she believes she might have been followed. A short sword dangles from her worn leather belt that circles her midsection, and a leather bag hangs on the other side. You turn her nod and ask her if she's bought the iron skull. You're alone, she asks, hearts dieting to her left and right as she scours she scours the shadows behind you. You nod in response. Good, let's be done with it. No liking for breaking curfew. The woman, who makes no mention of her name or yours, seems agitated and nervous. You have difficulty believing it's the curfew that's causing such a pronounced sense of urgency. Have you the gold then? 25,000. Let's have it now. This must be done quickly. Okay, so there's four options here. I could just pay her the money. Attempt to negotiate the price with her. Demand to see the Iron Skull. Or attack her. Hmm. thing is, I want to actually know there's a skull. I mean, she could have just... I mean, she could have just said she has the skull. Or she could have sold it to someone else. Or maybe she never had the skull. Alright, I'm going to demand... You demand... And she showed the iron skull, and although she's initially reluctant, you insist upon the point, and she begrudgingly removes the bag tied to her waist, a small item bundled in grimy cloth. She pulls away the worn wag and covers the object and reveals a human-sized skull crafted out of iron. Your every instinct tells you this is indeed the old stolen artifact sought by Archmage Urion. She quickly places the skull back in her bag at her side. Okay. You can have the 25,000 gold. Woo! 25,000 gold. Just, it's just gone now. The woman accepts, accepts your gold and promptly reaches into the bag tied to her waist and produces the iron skull. She looks over the skull for a moment and hands it to you. Alright, I have the iron skull. Yay! This human-sized iron skull is the valuable artifact was stolen from the Archmage Hurion by the arcane spy Finfoot. You acquired this stra the strange item from the woman in the tattered brown cloak in Blade Square in Twithing. Okay, alright, and I'll just go to rush back to Huron before someone else did, before someone tries to steal it or just kill me or blow it up or something. Yes. I've got it! Yay! I'm sorry, I can't, I can't say I'm sorry to see the end of that, she says, motioning with her hand in the direction of the Iron Skull. Want some good eye face, friend? I will tell you to leave the city at once. Those who want that thing. Others far less reasonable than two of us. You valuable your life. Mind what I've said and leave here tonight. Ask her who it is who is after the skull. And if they have already tried to acquire it from her. Also ask her if, if she is the one person who obtained the skull from Arnold from Spikefist and his goblins. Old Huron has gone to no small trouble to track this down, she said, a faint smile breaking out of the face. I'd have sold it back to my self if he didn't already know my face. I thought I might, I might ever reach him alive. For all that you might have asked me, my answer is yes. Yes, now go, before you regret your delay. With that, the woman in the tattered brown cloak turns and darts off into the shadows, and is quickly lost from sight. 
was still mulling over her parting words when the sound of footfalls on the street behind you sends your heart racing. You turn around you slowly, half expecting to find yourself facing one of the city's notorious roving nightly guard patrols. What greets your eyes, however, standing silently in the shadows behind you, makes you wish your expectations were closer to the mark. Oh no, 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 I didn't get out of here quick enough. Now, now, now other people want this skull, and I don't think they're going to be particularly polite about acquiring it. No more than ten yards from you, at the end of the deep gloom that hangs in the perimeter of the quadrangle, stand four women. Three of the women, each wielding short swords and clad in leather jerkins, formed a widget line in front of the fourth, those black tunic, short cropped waving hair, dark eyes and thin drawn face, give her an eerie, sinister appearance. She steps forward, passing between two of her sword-wielding cohorts, regards you with a solemn nod. Look as if you're gazing upon the demon itself, she says, smiling. Have you ever heard that appearances can be deceiving? In this instance, I can assure you they are not. I can be a friend or a foe. It's largely dependent on whether, whether or not I get what I want. You boldly ask the woman what she, she wants, but you fear you already know the answer. She frowns and slowly shakes her head. There are no fools here, myself included, she says. No patience for games. What you have is mine. It's of little use to you. I will have it now. Give me the skull. Instinctively, you refuse her demands and stow the iron skull safely among your possessions. Perhaps there's a fool among us yet, she says. Voice laced with anger. Kill him and take it. The three swords, swordswomen whack the soon combat-ready stances, and the leftmost of the trio springs forward to engage you, brandishing a blade with the unmistakable skill of a master swordswoman. It's the first master swordswoman. The master swordswoman slashes you with her blade as I swing my mace. Uh, oh, your, your enemy splashes through your defences with Devastating blow for 27 damage. Oh dear. Okay, oh, I hit her again. And oh, yep, she keeps slashing and she is slain. 21 XP. The second woman pushes in from your left, leaping over the body of a slain cohort. She swipes for your head with her deadly blade. It's the second Master Swordswoman. She slashes at you with her blade. And is now slain. 22 XP. The third and final Swordswoman leaps into range, striking you with the precision and grace of a true master. You struggle to fend off her opening volley of blows before mounting a counter-attack. Master Swordswoman. The third and final one. Unless she does something to get even more demons, I know, uses, well, probably she's a necromancer, considering what she's gotten, so she could just gate in a load of skeletons, or 
weighs some people, or some people buried under here that could just pop out of the ground and attack me. Master Swordsman slashes at you with a blade. Or, of course, she could attack me herself. But I think, think she'll save that as a last resort. Your enemy slashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 23 more damage. And slain. 38 XP. The last of the three swords masters topples to the ground at your feet and expires. Stepping back from a bloodied corpse, you turn and face the waving-haired woman. Silently challenging her perceived might with your steely gaze. Suddenly, the remains of the slain swordsman begin to twitch. You watch with mounting horror as the masters of the blades stagger to their feet and swiftly retreat and draw into line in front of their master, who has dust raised them from the dead. You immediately realise you're in the presence of a powerful necromancer. You needn't look upon my faithful servants with such revulsion. She says, the left side of her mouth pulled into a sinister half-grin. You're no stranger to this dark art. Do not pretend otherwise. The necromancer mumbles something, and at once the three undead swordsmen start forwards. Their lifeless eyes fixed on you. The gruesome trio rapidly advances upon you, maintaining a rigid formation as they close in for the kill. Now, I've had necromancy at 70... I could just so, as I say to skeletons, go back to bed. Back to bed. Go to bed, skeletons. It's nappy times. And then fall over. But apparently she, she has more power to say, no, don't go back to bed. Just attack that guy. No, go to bed. No, attack him. No, go to bed. No, attack him. And I don't have enough. I don't have enough skill in necromancy to just override the orders that they've been given. So I can attempt to flee or hold my ground and face the undead swordmasters. Well, I better deal with them now because otherwise they'll just keep chasing me. And because they're dead, they just won't stop. Okay, I have to deal with them here and now. We're unnerving speed. The three undead swordmasters are upon you, slashing out at you from all sides as you struggle to defend yourself from their brutal assault. His three master swordswomen, their undead, begin combat. The undead master swordsmen slash at you with their blades. Ooh, a devastating blow for 34 damage. And another devastating blow for another 34 damage. Devastating blow for 25 damage. Lots of devastating blows here. Keep slashing. Devastating blow for 24 damage. They're nearly done, and they are slain. Even with all their devastating blows. 24 XP. Your final blow sends the last of the three undead swordsmen to the ground, where her previously bloodied corpse joins the twisted remains of her two sisters-in-arms. You take several steps back, half expecting the gruesome trio will again be risen by the necromancer. That your instincts have served you well. The three formidable warriors suddenly stagger to their feet and stride past the master's side. Okay, I'm going to heal now. Okay, and 
Suddenly, the iron skull glows white hot, and in panic you tear it from amongst your belongings and cast the weighty object onto the ground. A sharp, splintering sound fits the air as two broad cracks appear on the surface of the artifact. You turn to face the necromancer, who are dismayed. You are not surprised to see her white wings stretched towards the skull. A thin black band on her finger glows bright white. The, splatter, the splintering sound rises in pitch, and with a sudden loud crack, the iron skull shatters sending three equal-sized shards soaring in different directions. One of the shattered fragments catches you in the leg and falls to your feet. It's the iron skull. It's gone. You quickly lean down and retrieve the fragment at your feet. The shard safely in your possession. You turn to fate the necromancer and note with great dismay the leering sorceress has just picked up one of the shards. The other lies to your right, 58 yards away. View the iron skull fragment. This is a jagged fragment. The human skyized iron skull. The valuable artifact was stolen from the arch, arch made human by the arcane spy Finfoot. It required this strange item from a woman in a tattered brown cloak in Blade Square in Twithic. It was, it was shattered shattered during your encounter with the necromancer just after you retrieved it. Ugh. We were so close. But now... Now I'm far away. You have stepped into your own grave, growls the necromancer, her face twisting into a frightening scowl. And enjoy raising your corpse to do my bidding. Till next we meet. She places the fragment of the skull she holds into a bag slung at her side, produces a tall, ornate iron staff. The waven-haired maid taps the weight of the wing to instrument against the ground at her feet, and almost immediately begins rising into the air. Perhaps you can explain to them how the bodies of three women came to lie in the square with you. She calls down to you as she rises up out of sight into the black star-filled sky. Her use of the word them since your pulse racing, and only a moment later you hear the sound of heavy footfalls on the northern edge of the quadrangle. You snap your head in the direction of the sound and spot four guards entering the square from the north, realising to be caught here in violation of the curfew with the bodies of three people strewn across the ground could easily earn you a sentence of death. You quickly, quickly attempt to determine your best course of action. Suddenly, one of the guards call, call out to you, ordering you to halt. His comrades lend their voices, echoing his command as their angry shouts carry across the square. The four men start swiftly in your direction. So I've got a few options here. I could just attempt to escape the guards. I could use gating... Elementalism, telekinesis, illusion, or feathery. I'll give illusion a go. Succeeded. 16 XP to illusion. The well-crafted illusion of a pair of shadowy figures skulking about the western edge of the square is more than enough to garner the full attention of, the, of all four guardsmen. So what's over to investigate? You hurry to the edge of the quadrangle and crouch down in the darkness. When the guards reach the spot where the illusion was and find no sign of the two figures, 
they turn and proceed back to the centre of played square. The four guardsmen, who are actually mercenaries in the employer Thay Pond, make a half-hearted search throughout the square before turning and heading back to the north. From your hiding place deep in the gloom on the far side of the quadrangle, you watch with dismay as the last of the small four guards suddenly leans down and retrieves the remaining fragment of the iron skull. The young man slips it under his tabard and then hurries to catch up with his comrades. Keeping yourself a safe distance from the group of guards, you follow along behind them, slinking through the gloom-laden streets. The men make their way deep into the city's northern quarter. There, the men step into a tall stone tower, which immediately recognises one of the many guard bastions located throughout the city. The heavy wooden door that faces the street closes behind them, as the bolsterous greeting from their fellow guardsmen sail out through the lower windows of the structure. You silently curse your misfortune. Only a short while ago, you hold in your hands the iron skull that Huron so desperately seeks. Now the artifact lies in three shards, but only one of the fragments is in your possession. The necromancer has one, and the other now lies somewhere within the guard tower. Realise immediately that you must retrieve, you must somehow retrieve the other two shards of the skull, while at the same time taking care not to fall victim to the necromancer. You believe we'll stick at nothing to acquire the missing pieces. As you crouch in the shadows against the wall of the stable just across the street from the tower, you wonder how you might communicate this turn of events to the archmage. Perhaps it's better, as you not yet know of what has transpired here. Feeling the gut, some of the guards may soon leave the tower and resume their patrols in the enforcement of the Thane's curfew. Cautiously move off to the south as your mind turns over several finer points of this newfound dilemma. Okay, that finishes this adventure with 128 experience to general. And the next part, next adventure is the Shattered School, part 4. A thief in the night. Your attempt to retrieve one of the other two shards of the Iron Skull leads you into a guard town in the city of Twithick, uninvited, under the cover of night. Now, firstly, I'm going to go to the city gates and save. Explore the city, Blade Square, Adventures, Thief, Shatter Skull Part 4, The Thief in the Night. You attempt to retrieve one of the other two shards of the Iron Skull, leads you into a guard tower in the city of Trithic, uninvited, under the cover of night. Start this adventure. And so begins the Shattered Skull, Part 4, A Thief in the Night, Different Paths. You may wish to play through this adventure scenario more than once, as there are different paths to victory. If you wish to replay the event, we play the adventure. Be sure to abandon it before reaching the end and saving your game. Good luck. Now, the option to abandon isn't there anymore, so you just quit without saving. So you can, you can, you can if you play it yourself, try out all the options. Just see which one is the most fun, the most rewarding, or, bo or best fits your character. The hour following midnight finds you lurking about on the dark, deserted street, 
in your smart distance from the guard tower in which you believe lies one of the two missing shards of the Iron Skull. Only a couple of nights ago, you watched as the mercenary guard picked up the skull fragment in Blade Square stepped into the tower. Since then, you've watched the tower day and night. The last decided that tonight you will make your way into the well-guarded structure and retrieve the shard of the Iron Skull. From what you've been able to determine based on your observations of the tower over the past two days, the guards stationed here are all mercenaries, part of the large and controversial arm and hired swords that Thane Point has used, with remarkable success, to restore law and order to some of the more lawless sections of the city. The trouble with mercenaries, as you've come to realise, is they are, at times, a violent, violent and a violent and ruly lot who are more loyalty and decency to their paymaster, their thanes, the thane, to the citizenry of Twithic, yourself included. Realising that dawn is but a few scan towers away, you decide that now is the time to make your move. You are determined to find your way into the tower, and to the missing piece of the Iron Skull. So, I've got two options. I can continue to watch and wait, or attempt to gain entry into the tower. I shall continue to watch and wait. You continue to watch the tower, all the while wondering how you will gain entrance to the well-guarded structure without arousing suspicion or landing yourself in gale or worse you're about to move closer to the guard tower when a woman's voice calls out to you from behind you turn to find a diminutive woman in a soft leather waistcoat lurching you from the shadows she steps out of the gloom and bows before turning her gaze in gaze to the tower and slowly back to you I've been in that place, she says, motioning her head in the direction of the guard tower as she steps through within a large reach of you. In fact, I've been in most every guard tower in the city. I suppose you're also here for the skull, or the piece of it, I should say. Her mention of the skull takes you by surprise, though you try your best not to show it, since you have sensed the shock her words were aroused, and she smiles, shaking her head. It's on my way to acquire it myself. However, I've already had more than one one night's worth of work, few too many now escapes. Let the job go and show you how to get into that place without whisking your neck. If we can come to an agreeable arrangement. So I can use divination just to check if she's on the up and up. Atic speed to divination. You're able to sense she's turning her truth. You also sense she's not relating to everything she knows. You remain uncertain as to whether or not you can trust her. Hmm. Listen to more of what she has to say. Tell her you're not interested, or just attack her for no particular reason. Okay. I'm going to tell her I'm not interested. You tell the woman who has identifies herself as Auli. You're not interested in her. She nods in response and wishes you luck. It's all yours then, she says, bowing gracefully before turning and moving off swiftly into the darkness on the opposite side of the wide street. Realise you now have to find your own way into the tower. From a safe distance near the mouth of a narrow alley, you carefully study the dark guard tower, hoping to discover some way of gaining entrance. 
You're about to move closer when suddenly the tower's main doors open and a single guard descends the steps in front of the imposing structure. At the base of the stairs, the guard checks over his crystal before turning and moving along the street in your direction. You duck into the alley and resolve to see if this guardsman knows anything of the fragment of iron skull that you seek. As the lone mercenary approaches the mouth of the allegory, you however determine your next course of action. So, I can use illusion, unarmed combat, shadow magic, or diplomacy. You know what? I'm going to use diplomacy. That is, these are officers of mostly law, so I don't, I don't, don't want to hurt them. Yeah. Even though I am I'm friends with the Thane, so you'll be able to, you know, butter over anything short of murder. And if I do do a murder, I can just escape easy peasy, so. Diplomacy. You've successfully used your diplomacy skill. Your sudden appearance at the mouth of the alley startles the lone guard, who swiftly demands to know what you're doing out in violation of the city's curfew. You spin a masterful tale that not only provides a forcible excuse for your late night stroll through the city, but also gradually turns the converse- conversation to the guard tower, then to the iron skull. The bearded mercenary seems somewhat taken aback by your inquiry regarding the piece of the iron skull, but he quickly tells you that one of his fellow guards returned to the tower with such a night only a couple of nights ago. Let a few of us see us, he says. He's tucked it away so our commander wouldn't take notice of it. I think, he, I think he's up, up to trying to sell it to someone. Don't, I don't know what value there is to it, but you might know more about it than I would. You ask the guard if he knows where the piece of skull is being kept, and he nods. He told me he stashed it away in the old store, he says. It's at the very top of the tower. No one goes there, mind you. It's the perfect place to keep it out of sight. You thank the guard for the information, and before he has a chance to ask you any questions regarding your interest in the skull, you turn and dart off along the alley. He calls after you, but does not give pursuit. After a few moments, he moves away, presumably to resume his lonely patrol of the deserted street. Surprised by his willingness to part with the information, and equally surprised by your own skill at eliciting it, you step back into the street and turn your attention to figuring out a way to get into the tower. Having discovered the whereabouts of the Iron Skull Fragment, you're now more determined than ever to find some way into the tower to reclaim the missing item. With this in mind, you step out of the alley as you attempt to determine your next course of action. So I could attempt to enter via the main door, or I could seek another way in. Hmm... I'm going to try the main door, just just to see what I actually do. Throwing caution to the wind and realising a bold approach may be the most advantageous, you, you confidently stride up the broad steps leading to the tower's main entrance. Heavy wooden doors are slightly ajar as you pull them open and step into the well-lit hall beyond. A tall guardsman immediately steps into your path. Eyeing you suspiciously. You got business here? He says curtly. Alright, pick a number. Bonus of 49. 
20 from mind, 10 from luck, 19 from diplomacy. What will happen? We will see. 113. Your bravado is met with success. The guard, believing you have legitimate business within the tower, steps aside and allows you to enter. Moving through the tower unnoticed proves to be no simple task, with the mercenaries who inhabit this bastion of law and order seemingly everywhere. Move slowly but confidently, keeping your head turned away from any guards you pass, nodding curtly in response to the few greetings you receive. Without incident, you find your way to the stairs that lead up to the second level of the tower and promptly ascend them. You're nearing, you're nearing the end of the main corridor on the second level, when two guards suddenly step into view and move purposely in your direction. The men greet you, and then, having not recognised your face, firmly but politely inquire about the nature of your business here. So, pick a random number. Bonus of 49, 20 from mind, 10 from luck. 19 from Diplomacy. What's going to happen? We will see. 142. The guards are apparently impressed by your story and step out of your way, allowing you to continue along the passage. The guards step past you and move off towards the opposite end of the hall. The moment the guards are out of sight, you quickly set off on your way. The end of the, end of the corridor, you stop for a steep, slight of, uh, steep flight of steps flight of spiraling stairs that lead you to the next level. Looking along the passage behind you, making certain you have not yet been observed, you swiftly mount the steps and soon find yourself in another winding corridor of the guard tower. You've only just started along the hall when suddenly two guards step out of the curve in the passage heads. The two men stride up and demand to know what you're doing here. Pick a number. Once again, it's a bonus of 40 mine. 49, what will happen? 115. Your story about having legitimate business in your tower appeases the guards. The two men even apologise for having relayed you before turning and striding off along the passage. The moment the guards were out of sight, you quickly set off on your way. The corridor you're following comes to abrupt halt to the bolted wooden door. Quietly as you can, you turn and slide the thick iron bolt and swing the door open to reveal a dark stairwell that rises up out of sight beyond the heavy open slab. You, you swiftly step in on, onto the stairs and gently close the door behind you, leaving yourself enveloped in near total darkness. <gasps> you move slowly up spiralling stairs. Taking care not to trip on the largely uneven steps in the darkness that envelops you. When you're certain you've gone far enough from the passage now. Passage below, you bring your light source to light. With your way now illuminated by its warm, comforting glow. You care. You safely continue your climb at a renewed pace. Just when you're beginning to wonder how far you could possibly be from the top of the tower. The stairs end abruptly at a wide landing. Across the landing, flush with the stone wall, stands a heavy wooden door. You step onto the landing and move up to the door, listening carefully for any sign of movement from within. After several moments of silence, you reach out and attempt to push the door open, only to discover that it's locked. Your eyes are drawn to the lock plate, lock plate that wastes, wastes below the door's thick iron hatch. So, 
I gotta get past this lock. I can attempt to force the door open. Do shadow magic, destruction, telekinesis, or thievery. If I conjuration at 70, I could use that and presumably just magic up the key. Hmm, I don't want to use destruction because that would be obvious. I will use uh, shadow magic. 16 XP shadow magic, which succeeded. A heart alone, harsh whisper enters along your head. The shadow of your white arm lengthens, becoming remarkably thin as it approaches the lock on the door and slips into the keyhole. Only a moment later, a soft click breaks the silence, signifying that the door has been unlocked. A gentle push, the door swings slowly inward, revealing a wide, unlit chamber beyond. For a few moments, you stand at the threshold, peering into the darkness, your eyes and ears alert for any sign that it is occupied. When you're all but certain that it is not, you step forward and enter the room. The sizable room at the very top of the guard tower is, by all appearances, little more than a clustered and musty storeroom. Upon first glance, you are somewhat dismayed as there is no sign, piece of iron skull, that you haven't the faintest idea where to begin looking for it. As you move through the centre of the chamber, however, your eyes fall upon a piece of black cloth draped over something that lies at the foot of the far wall. You move swiftly over to the object and remove the cloth. Your pulse races and a profound sense of relief washes over you as you behold the second piece of the shattered iron skull. Wasting no time, you reach down and retrieve the item. Now have the iron skull, two-thirds of it, with you. This is two-thirds of the human-sized iron skull. The valuable artifact was stolen from Archmage Huron by the arcane spy Finfoot. We acquired the strange item from the woman in the tattered brown cloak in Blaze Square into a thick. It was encountered during it was shattered during an encounter with the necromancer just after you retrieved it. You need only the remaining third to complete the skull. After examining the piece for a few moments, you tuck it safely in amongst your belongings. The sounds of a heavy step on the, war on the worn plank floor shatters the silence, and you spin around to find yourself confronted by a tall man clad in a mix of leather and chain armour. A blue tabard hangs over his chain surf, proudly displaying the embroidered symbol of Fane Bolland. But you did not get a good look at the guard who took the iron skull from Blade Square, where you almost feel certain that he is the very man who now stands before you. The guard, the sheathed sword spinning, swing on his hips, moves to block the doorway leading to your leading to the stairs, the only exit from the chamber. I figured you had no trouble getting in here, he says somewhat sturdily. I kept the door locked to keep 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 the others out. Not anyone not anyone really comes up here. Though I spoke with said you would have the gold. I want the five thousand gold I was promised. You've got the piece. Now give me the gold. Realise the man who was supposed to meet Arlene who was supposed to meet who was who was, was who you realise that this man was supposed to meet with Orlean, who was to go pay in 5,000 gold for the shard of the Iron Skull. So I have a few options. I could 
give him 5,000 gold. I can warn him against standing in my way. I can attack him. Or I can attempt to escape the chamber. Now, thing is, if I bribe him, he has to keep it secret too. Because otherwise, he'll have to reveal he took a bribe. And alright, I will give him 5,000 gold. The guard accepts your the gold and thanks you. A bit of good fortune for me after all, he says beaming. You bid the guardsman farewell and swiftly leave the chamber, passing through the doorway and stepping into the stairs beyond. With a quick glance over your shoulder, you start down, down the steep steps into darkness, eager to make your way out of the tower with the object of your ninth mission, now tucked safely in amongst your belongings. Making your way out of the tower proves to be no simple feat. In the end, however, thanks to some quick thicking and a good bit of luck, you, you last managed to slip out of the tower and move safely away from it under the cover of night. Only when you find yourself on the outskirts of Blade Square do you stop and rest and examine the prize you've gathered. Together with the piece you already possess, you now have two-thirds of the Iron Skull. The sound of approaching footfalls reminds you of the danger of link lingering about, about in Twithic after dark. You set off on your way, seeking some place where you can shelter for the night, and safely await the night of day. Two-thirds of the Iron Skull now in your possession, your thoughts immediately turn to the recovery of the final piece. As you move through the dark streets of the Alderstone, you begin to wonder how you will go about finding the necromancer. In those final, final clutches rests the final shard of the artifacts that the art made Huron is so keen to reacquire. Passing along the edge of the deserted blade square, a dreadful thought suddenly strikes you. Wonder perhaps if it is you who will be found. With some pleasant thought stirring in your mind, and every shadow now seeming to harbour unknown danger. You pick up your pace as you hurry to get out of the night. And there we are. That finishes this adventure, Shattered Skull Part 4, for 384 experience to general. Okay, move to the city gates. The next part is the Shattered Skull Part 5, the Ghosts of Palemore Isle. Never would you have dreamed of setting foot on the forsaken ground of Palemore Island. Palemore Isle, that is. But this note delivered to you in Trithic has suddenly changed your mind. Now that's a pretty hefty adventure. So we'll do that in a different episode. And that will conclude the Iron Skull Saga. But until then... Farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.